Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Ashley Hollis. I am beyond expectant for what God wants to speak today in week two of Smoke and Mirrors. Last week was so powerful, and Elijah um, shared with us, and today I'm going to address the lie, Satan is powerful. And so if you want to jot that down, if you're taking notes, I encourage you to, paper never forgets. I know we forget so much, but the lie that we're going to talk about today is Satan is powerful, and you know, I, I was thinking about this, and this whole series is exposing lies and engaging truth. And so it's exposing those lies that creep in and then engaging God's truth to take hold of that. And, and I, am, I was really praying through this, and I, I hope that you'll open your mind, that you'll open your ears to hear today what God wants to speak, because I think that lies come in in the littlest way. And hear me on this. So at my house, we had a leaky faucet at one point, and it was just like the little drip, like drip, 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 that little one that's so annoying, but it just goes. And Elijah was busy, and he was crazy. I mean, like, I feel like it was a week. It was probably like six weeks, but like it went for a good while, okay? And I didn't have time. I don't know how to fix it, and Elijah was gone, so I was like, "Eh, I guess we'll just leave it, like whatever. And so then I got my water bill, right? And I was like, um, called the company. I actually, my water bill is like triple what it's supposed to be. And I think that you might have misread the meter or something. I'm not really sure. And they were like, no, I mean, we didn't. I was like, no, I think you need to check. And they're like, did you have a leaky faucet or toilet or something? I was like, um, yeah, but I mean, it was a one little drip. You know, now I feel like I'm like explaining it to the water people. I'm like, no, but it was just one little drip. Like, I mean, it wasn't running water. And they were like, well, yeah, that adds up your water bill. And I was like, what? They, like, they don't teach you these things in adulting, okay? They do not, they need like adulting 101. They don't teach you this. But hear me on this. I think that sometimes these little lies that we're debunking during this series come in like that. And I think it's one little drip, and it's one little lie, and it's one little thought we have, and it's one little step that we take to isolate ourselves, and it's one little thing that separates us to where we get to the end of a crazy season, or we get to the end of a period in our life, whatever it is, and we look and we're like, whoa, how did I get so far off? And I think it's those just the little lies. It's not a huge lie that has to like, whoa, I captured my mind. It's just the little things. And so I pray today, whether it's your first Sunday in church, whether you've been in church like since you were born, I pray that today you would just open your mind and open your heart to hear what God wants to speak and maybe the defenses that he wants to set up. And if you would, why don't you bow your heads, close your eyes. Let's pray before we get started today. God, I just thank you for today. God, I thank you for the opportunity we have to come into your presence to meet with you. God, the truth that you spoke to us thousands of years ago. God, that we still have access to that truth. And God, I pray that you would put that down deep in our hearts, that it would be transformational in our lives as we walk out this week. God, we thank you for what you're going to speak. God, use my words. May it not be mine, but yours that you speak today. Open our hearts, open our ears to hear what you have to say in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to talk about the lie, Satan is powerful. 
Because I think sometimes we can, if we're not cautious, give Satan a lot more credit than he deserves. If you've ever seen Star Wars, sometimes we parallel Satan and God like light and dark, like good and evil in Star Wars. Now I understand some of you are looking at me like Star Wars, we're on like episode 24. I don't know if it's episode 24, two, seven, like they come out in random orders, but whatever it is, okay? Star Wars, we see this good versus evil. We see light versus dark. And sometimes, personally, we can do the same thing and we think God is here and we know Satan is bad, but Satan is here. And they're not equivalent. You see, God is the only infinite being. Satan was simply a creation of the creator. You need to write that down. Satan is simply a creation of the creator. Sometimes we, we just do this parallel where we're like, well, Satan is doing this, but hopefully God does this. See, A.W. Tozer, he says it like this. We as humans, we think in a hierarchy. Think whatever, whatever it may be. If it's your family, you probably think in a hierarchy. I have my youngest, my daughter. I have Zion. I have my Elijah and myself. It's a, it's a hierarchy, right? There's a hierarchy in your business. I'm sure if you say, well, tell me about your company organizational chart. You can tell me who do I report to? Who am I under? Your, your school, maybe it's a professor, maybe on your sports team, it's a coach, it's a captain, it's a team lead. It's, we have these different structures and we think in hierarchy. But you see, even Satan, who is a fallen angel, even Satan was, God is up here, and we like to think, then you have angels, then you have humans, then you have animals, then you have plants, then you just come all the way down the food chain, right? And come all the way down. But you see, angels are still in the same category that we're in. It's, it's not a hierarchy. It's not Satan versus God. It's God is all-powerful. God is all-knowing. God is the only one who knows your thoughts. God is the only one who knows you, knew you before you were formed. Satan is simply a fallen angel. And I think sometimes we give him a little bit too much power. Like you have these weeks, right, where everything you're doing turns to gold. You had those weeks, right? Where you're like, this is the best week. Like, I mean, my schedule is under control. Everything's going great in my family. Like, I just got good news at work. Like, it's phenomenal. Then you have the other weeks, right? Where everything's turning to stone. And you're like, I actually don't want to touch anything because I'm like afraid of what's to come next, right? Like, we have those weeks. And that's the week, that's the time or the season or the period where I think that those lies begin to creep in. That's where we accept those lies like, oh, well, Satan's really attacking me. I mean, my family is just under attack. And we give Satan all of this power. But in fact, we, I want you to know the truth, and if you want to write down the truth, Satan is not powerful, but we're powerful through what Jesus did on the cross. You see, whenever we accept Jesus into our hearts, we come into alignment with his power. We come into alignment with what he's put inside of us. The same power that he had now lives inside of us. And so this is no longer a Satan is powerful. We carry that power in us. I want you to look at these couple of scriptures. You can jot them down if you want. 
In Genesis 3.1, I, I want to share with you a few words maybe that the Bible does use to talk about Satan because, you know, we can't negate him. We can't be like, oh, it's just not real. It is, but we have to look at the words that are described to him. Genesis 3.1 says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree from the garden? Revelation 20, verse 1 through 3 says, And I saw an angel coming down out of heaven, having the key to the abyss and holding in his hand a great chain. He seized the dragon, the ancient serpent, who is the devil or Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. He threw him into the abyss and locked and sealed it over him to keep him from deceiving the nations anymore until the thousand years ended. After that, he will be set free for a short time. John 8, 44, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your, devil's de or your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. He is a liar and a father of lies. You see, the Bible talks. Satan is crafty. He's deceiving. He's a father of lies, but he's not powerful. And sometimes we, we give Satan in this lie, we give him so much credit, like Satan might be a creative person as well. But see, we serve the ultimate creator. Satan is here to lie, kill, and destroy. He, he doesn't have any new tactics, though it may present itself in new forms, but he doesn't have any new tactics. The whole tactic of Satan is to divide and conquer divide and conquer. If he can get you alone, if he can get you out of community, if he can get you deceived, if he can craft a plan, those little thoughts, that's all he's doing. It's simply doing that. But we have the power through what Jesus did. I, I want to look um, at a practical application of this. And if you have your Bibles, if you want to turn with me to Matthew 4, 11, maybe your phone, Bible app, love it. Matthew 4, verse 1 through 11. And in this passage of scripture is where we find Jesus, and he's in the wilderness, and he himself is being tempted. And listen, somebody needs to hear this today. Um, temptation itself is not a sin. Jesus himself was tempted. And the fact that you have been tempted is, is not the sin. It's acting upon that temptation. Okay, so I want to clear that up. Matthew 4, 1 through 11, it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to the high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. How do we combat the lies of Satan? How do we combat the temptation 
that we have to walk through. You know, we have these um, booklets back on the host stand, and you're welcome to see our host if you have not gotten one yet, but it's a sword for war. And I know Elijah and I personally have gone through some situations in life, like I said, where it's just the hard season, where it feels like nothing's going right, where it feels like everything's against you. I mean, I don't know if you can relate to that, but you feel that season. For us, it was one of the first ones we may have shared before was when I was in the hospital and when we first got married and the doctors told Elijah, hey, your wife is not going to make it out of surgery. You need to say goodbye to her immediately. We're, we're whisked me back to surgery. And it was this moment where I was in and out of the hospital for months, walking through these surgeries, and it felt like, God, what's happening? And it's those times when the little lies creep in. Well, maybe this is happening. Well, what if this happens? And it's the little lies that we have to take hold of. And how do we combat those? A few years later, we had Zion, our son, and we were back at CHOP. I'm telling you, they like know us by name now. They're like, the Hollises are here, hey. But, but we had walked in and we were back there. And it was, it was one thing after another with Zion and he was extremely sick and they weren't sure what was going on. And yet again, it's those little lies that creep in. And so how do you combat those? When you find yourself in a season, maybe you're there right now, maybe you're not. How do you combat those thoughts? We, the Bible tells us to take thoughts captive. How do you take those thoughts captive? It's with the truth. It's with the word of God. And if you were to walk into our hospital room during that time, we had our hospital room covered with scripture, floor to ceiling, all the walls of where there wasn't wires, covered in scripture. And at that time, we, we didn't have anything super fancy to put it on. I don't even think we had smartphones. Like, how old are we right now? But, like, we didn't have anything. So we're like, listen, can we just have construction paper and crayons? Like, can we have some construction paper and crayons? And we wrote scripture all over the papers, and we covered the walls. Now maybe it's a scripture on your lock screen, on your phone. Maybe it's surrounding yourself with that truth. But the only thing that will combat those lies is if we choose to take those thoughts captive, is if we choose to hold those and say, it's like I said a couple weeks ago if you were here, I mean, it's taking thoughts captive and getting rid of them, saying, no, I do not accept that. No, that's a lie. No, that's not true. But at the same time, sometimes we're so busy throwing out thoughts that we don't grab hold of any thoughts and we don't grab hold of the thoughts that God's put inside of us we don't take hold of the thought you're a child of God you are creative so that so that people can encounter the heart of the creator man you love people because God loved us man it's the truth it's those things that we take hold of and we choose to put in our mind and on a practical level, you may need to go home and write out some scripture and put it in your house. And it's not going to look clean. If you want, get the right color scheme. It'll match perfect. But I promise you, above everything of how it looks, you're going to be filled with truth. That's the only way we combat this lie is with truth, is taking hold of it. And I was telling the first experience, um, Oftentimes, when we think in this, this lie of Satan is powerful, and, and we, we believe this, and we say this, and we think this. See, sometimes I think that we think that we're playing from the defense, not the offense. And I will, I will be so honest with you. 
I am not a sports person, okay? I tried in high school, I tried track, it didn't work for me, felt like I was in a hamster wheel, tried cross country, first time I showed up, they put a parachute on our back and we were supposed to run for wind resistance. I was like, no, I don't think this is for me. Tried volleyball and I tried volleyball and I have depth perception problems, so that was super exciting. So I was like, mine, 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 boom. Like it was like just crazy, I'm telling you. So I will totally own this. I, I finished the seasons, my parents didn't let us be quitters, but I only played one, okay? And so I didn't play sports, but I watched sports, okay? Being from Kansas City, I am an avid Jayhawks fan. KU Jayhawks, when March Madness happens, come to my house, we will have March Madness parties. Life will shut down for March Madness, okay? But I love watching a good basketball game. I'm getting into football because of my son, he's so into the Eagles, and so trying to understand that. But one thing I know is it's a lot more fun of a game when your team is in the offensive, not in the defensive. Have you ever looked at a scoreboard and it's like 20 to 44, and you're like, oh my word. We have to get 24 points to even be equal. Then we have to get more to win. Being in the defense is never where you don't want to play from underneath. You want to play ahead, right? Because then you just have to hold back the other team. You don't have to come up. Can I just tell you today that we're living our lives from an offensive place. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, we already have that power. We're not playing to try to win. We're playing from a place of winning, right? We, God's already won. Jesus already won on the cross. He already overcame Satan when he, when he conquered death and he rose from the dead. He overcame that and he put that same overcoming power in us. And it's simply playing from that offensive position. It's simply playing from the place of winning in your team. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.